Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Got an interesting question for you. Start the final hour. Come on in. Stay a while. You can dial us up, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Operator Tyler is standing by taking your phone calls. Say good morning to those on Peacock. Thank you for downloading the app so you can watch this program. And 390 cities around America that carry this program. iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, and the other great affiliates. Opening day, everybody in the deep end. Everybody. All the teams are going to play. Used to be growing up, the Cincinnati Reds always had that first game. It was on an afternoon, Monday afternoon, and then everybody else followed suit. And then it changed, and then ESPN came in, and they wanted this Sunday night game that was going to be opening night or opening day in baseball. But uh, everybody is playing today and tonight. Shohei Otani is going to open his season on the mound in Oakland, 10 o'clock at night. And I'm just curious about it. I think baseball has had so many positives in the last six weeks. The most we've had in a long, long time. But I got to have Shohei Otani at Yankee Stadium or an afternoon game against the Oakland A's. Starting a game at home. The NBA does this every year. Who do we want opening night? Who do we want on Christmas Day and night? You know, you manipulate the schedule. But you open up with Oakland after all that momentum? It's just a little puzzling, a little disappointing. Poll question for the final hour is going to be what, Seton O'Connor? Yeah, we're going to go with uh, Shohei Otani and where he's going to finish the season. Okay. Uh, he'll finish this season with the mm-hmm. uh, Angels? Yeah. Dodgers. Mm. I put Padres up there, though there's some momentum for the Mets or other. Well, you got Steve Cohen with the Mets, and if yeah. you just say, look, we've spent $300 million, let's go out and spend a few more million, like $600 million on Shohei Otani. Mm. It just feels like the Dodgers aren't going to let him out of that area. No. You can, you're going to get out of Orange County. You're not getting out of Los Angeles. It just feels like there's a couple of uniforms in Southern California that makes sense to me. But. Yeah. Well, the Giants make sense because mm-hmm. I thought Aaron Judge was going to go there. Ooh, the Giants is But if you have Otani, Seattle to me is the dark horse because that's a good team. Yeah, Paulie. I'll throw out one that's both obvious, but here's the reason. The L.A. Dodgers, they had the money. They had the fan base. It's right down the street. They're a competitive team, all of which – Otani would like. I looked up from a few different articles. The Dodgers have either the first or second ranked farm system in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. They have the farm system capital to give up without risking the, the near future because their lineup is so good right now. They could pay them and they could afford it from prospect from a prospect standpoint. Yeah. What do you get for him? 
how many players do you get? Or draft picks, which is going to be players, but can you get... And, and he plays two positions as well. That's why I know it sounds crazy that he, he'd ask for $600 million, but he's, he's two players, and he's two elite players. He might be an A-minus, B-plus at both of those positions, and what would that cost? I mean, Max Scherzer is making $50 million. Justin Verlander making, what, 40-some million dollars. He's as good as they are, certainly now. The Mets, I could certainly see that. But I think Seattle, that'd be interesting as well. Because that'd be, you got a young team, and he might not be a, a major market guy. He may not want that. And I think that's part of why he liked the Angels. Does he want to play in New York? Does he want to play in Los Angeles? And trust me, there's a big difference in Anaheim and Los Angeles. But does he want to play in a big market? I think he would just like to play in meaningful games. Yes, Marv. Going back to opening day, do you know why the Reds always played on opening day? No. I, I, I thought that because they're the initial baseball team and that they gave them opening day, a standalone game. But growing up, I was just like, oh, yeah, the Reds got opening day at 12.05. Yeah, Paul. I did some research, and I found a, a Reds team historian. Hmm. In the early days of the NL, the Reds opened every season, and apparently one of the main reasons was Cincinnati's location as the southernmost city at the time in the league. Groundskeeping was in its infancy, and fields were often a sloppy mess in spring training. The Reds were always had the bet, one of the better fields because it was drier there, a little warmer there than New York and other places. Hmm. And it became kind of a tradition. Also, teams liked going to play at the Reds because their facilities were in better shape to open the season. And it just became a thing. And they kind of stuck with it as the league grew and grew and grew. Okay. I went to Crosley Field. That was before they had Riverfront Stadium. And Crosley Field was a really small field. But you were right on the field. The fans were right there. I remember Rick Wise was pitching for the Phillies. He was warming up, and we were right there down the first base line. And you could have reached out and, you know, got the ball when he threw it back from the catcher when he was warming up. You were that close. And, and it was such a great little ballpark. And then they went into the ashtray, otherwise known as Riverfront Stadium. You just, from above, you look down, look like an ashtray. And then the Phillies and the Pirates go, boy, that's a great look. We're going to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, Marv. I couldn't tell the difference between those stadiums oh, yeah. growing up. Yeah. I just knew that the baseball team and the football team both played on that carpet. Big ashtray is what it was to us. Not officially. That no, no, no. Hey, we're going to the big ashtray. <laughs> I was wondering about this. You got LeBron James's son, Bronny, and he is going to be going to college. Not sure where he's going to go. You got Arch Manning, who is already at Texas. These guys, name, image, and likeness, they're set. Their families are set. These guys, destined for greatness, right? But if I said you had to pick one right now where you're going to go, I'm going to ride that. I'm going to ride that guy going in. Let's say you're buying stock, and they're both the same price. It's a high stock, but you're buying stock. Which stock are you buying? Are you buying Arch Manning or Bronny James? Seton O'Connor? Can you help define the level of success we're shooting for? Are we talking about Hall of Famer? No. Are we talking... I'll say, how about I just compare the two? Like, who's more successful? Not your Hall of Famer, it's... Um, yeah, I'm trying to get a gauge on okay. what success looks like for you. Uh, multiple time All-Star. <laughs> multiple... Because Arch Manning could very easily be a you know, fifth option pro bowler. Okay. Okay. Participant. Participant. Yeah, participant. Because his, his uncles are running. The, so they, oh, you know, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and Arch, and Arch, wait, he's not even starting. Yeah, I know, but, you know, Tyler Huntley, he made it too. Yes, Todd. I'm going to say Bronny because I think you're more likely that you can be great on a crummy team in basketball. There's also maybe, in general, less chance of getting injured as in football. Those are two reasons why I think Bronny could end up having a better career. But is Bronny better in his class than Arch is in his class? 
because Arch is the number one quarterback in his class. Bronny is not the number one player in his class, not the number one guard in his class. Yes, Paul. I'll go with Arch Manning because Bronny could average like 18 and 9 in the NBA, and he would not be a household name. He would, but like, you know, that doesn't mean you're, you're, you know, awesome. If you're a quarterback in the NFL, everyone knows your name, and you're, you are by default a star. Hmm. And if he's even like an above average, if he's as good as his uncle Eli, he's a star. And Eli was a above, maybe a, a B level regular season quarterback. He was, a, he was a star. Yeah. So I think the position also helps Arch Manning's stardom level. And he's not living up to his dad. Arch isn't living up to his dad, but he is living up to, you know, Peyton and Eli and his grandfather, Arch. Bronny could be playing on the same team with his dad, and he's got to live up to his dad, even though that's not fair. But, you know, people are going to say they're already doing that. Here's LeBron talking about Bronny's performance in the McDonald's All-American game. Just uh, wonder if you had any thoughts on the McDonald's All-American game. Super duper emotional. Uh, watching my boy out there um, with the best players in the country. He showed that he belonged. He showed that he could play with anybody in the country. And uh, more importantly, he's just a great kid. And he, he deserved every moment that he had yesterday. And our family's super proud of him. Yeah, rightfully so. I mean, I don't hear anything. He's not cocky, not bravado. He just plays. He was in the dunk contest. Um, you know, had five three-pointers. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be an elite player because you are in a dunk contest or you had five three-pointers. I'd like to see how you, you know, do you understand basketball? Because you can take away all of LeBron's talents. He, uh, he, his basketball IQ is off the charts. Then you throw in, you know, basketball skills. Now your basketball acumen is in rare, 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 rarefied air. Oh, you said air. Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, Michael Jordan understood the game. Uh, Bird understood the game. Magic understood the game. These guys who see it in a different way. Can Bronny see the game that way? And he's a two. He's not a point guard. Not a true point guard. Yes, Eden. Did you all say that about Kevin Love, too? Was he the guy? You would always talk about somebody playing angles. Yeah. He just understands the angles of the game better, and that makes him... yes a better player than maybe what he should be. Yes, because it's about spacing. You find, you find your space. Uh, and not a lot of guys do, you know, because guys are just like, you know, you're, you're trying to rely on your athleticism. But if you, if you realize some of these other great players had the athleticism, but they're also trying to understand where can I get that shot? Where is the defense soft? Um, where can I take advantage of this on the defensive end? Just, you have to have this analytical mind to approach it. Because if you don't, you just go out there and you play, you can succeed. But here's Jordan, who had more talent than anybody, who played the game, but he understood both ends of the floor. Mike took as much pride defensively as he did offensively. And I think having you know Dean Smith as a coach, learning the game, understanding the game, fundamentals of the game, uh, movement without the ball, like all of those things. And it's sort of lost, but you know, I understand today's athlete, you know, the game is different. But there's always room for the guy who understands how to play the game. You know, Rodman, Rodman had an incredible basketball IQ. And he would play angles. His research would be, that guy, when he shoots, where's the ball likely to go to? And also, tipping the ball to himself. Like, there's just so many things that... And it's the nuance of basketball that I always find amazing. Guys who understand, I can get away with this. I can do this. And there are a lot of guys who don't think about that. They think they get to the NBA, and then they stop learning. That's when you start learning. Because that makes you go from an all-star to a Hall of Famer. Yeah, Mark. I think in Bronny's case, what makes it a little bit easier for him to succeed is that it's positionless basketball. So now you don't have to be a 6'5", 2 guard. You could just be a combo. Like Steph Curry's not a point guard. He's just the shortest guy on the court. He just brings the ball up. So it really doesn't even matter really these days because, like you said, there's either a 6'8", small forward, or a 6'3", combo guard in that McDonald's game yesterday. That was it. And maybe a 7-footer. And also, yeah, we get caught up in Steph Curry being a point guard. He's just a guard. Like, we don't have designations anymore. What's Luca? Luca point guard? 
you can't lead the league in scoring and be a point guard. Like it, 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 it doesn't make sense. We've been railing for the years that Steph Curry should be called a shooting guard. He just is. He just, uh, yes, that's what he is. No one calls him the greatest passer in NBA history. No, no. <laughs> He's not even the best passer on his own team. That'd be Draymond. But, you know, these designations, those are long gone. You know, John Stockton, point guard. Magic, point guard. Isaiah was a point guard. But I think Isaiah started to blur the lines a little bit, that he was... 6-1, so you're supposed to be the point guard, but he could light you up for 40. But then they had Joe Dumars, and, you know, Vinnie Johnson came off the bench. So Isaiah was a point guard. And that's why I'm trying to get the NBA to get rid of these designations. It's just basketball. Because is Dirk Nowitzki, when he was playing, what is he? Forward? Is he a four? Is he a three? Yeah, Mark. Yeah, because I'm sure Rasheed Wallace and Kevin Garnett got upset when Theo Ratliff made NBA All-NBA <laughs> first team because they needed a center. Yes, and I, I do think that's the flawed position here, that you shouldn't say, i got to have a center and two forwards and two guards. No, just give me the five best players. That's first team, second team, third team. Dame Lillard's going to join us tomorrow. i got to bring this up to him. Is he a, is he a point guard? He's obviously a shooting guard. It's he's a guard. Now I know he's he's listed as a point guard, but he's just a guard. Yes, yeah, they just they don't the positions don't exist right. no. anymore. No, they're just not really relevant. They shouldn't exist. Yeah, but there's a lot of money attached to making first team, second team, third team All NBA. Yeah, I get there's you know thirty forty million dollars at stake for some of these guys. By the way, my. Houston Rockets do not disappoint on a nightly basis. I must say, if the Rockets are playing, I will stop and watch them. Why? Because Cam Johnson is the 41st different player this year to score at least 30 points against the Rockets. They have allowed a total of 54 30-plus point games this year. That's the most since 1990 when the Nuggets allowed 55. And by the way, the big news last night, my Sacramento Kings are going to the playoffs. First time since 2006, and we all get to light the beam. Yes, we do. Yay. When we come back, Chris Mannix, who joined us in the first hour, kind of surprised me. Because he told me who the best team in the West was going to be and go to the NBA Finals. I have that for you coming up right after this. If you own a small business, you know the value of time. GetRefunds.com does too. That's why they made it easy, no matter how busy you are, to apply for the employment, retention, credit, or ERC. Go to GetRefunds.com. Get started in less than eight minutes. They've got it down to the second. See if your business qualifies for ERC assistance. Your business may be eligible for a payroll tax refund. That's right. It's a refund of up to $26,000 per employee kept on payroll during COVID. GetRefunds.com has already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC, and they might be able to help your business as well. Nothing to lose. No charge up front. They don't get paid until your business gets its refund. A lot of businesses might believe that they won't qualify based off incomplete or outdated information. Don't let the opportunity pass you by because this payroll tax refund is only available for a limited amount of time. So, give it a shot. Eight minutes to spare? Try it. Eight minutes to find out. Go to GetRefunds.com. Good luck. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on... 
the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Chris Mannix, senior writer with Sports Illustrated, joined us first hour of the program. Talked about a lot of things. I said... Give me the dangerous team out west, and here's Chris Mannix. Lakers, most dangerous team in the west. And, Dan, I will tell you right now, the Lakers are going to win the Western Conference. Wow. That is my prediction to you today. Okay. They will win the Western Conference. Okay. Um, it's, okay. not, it's not knee-jerk to what we saw last night against Chicago. It's more of a combination of everything I've seen over the last few weeks with Anthony Davis again playing like Anthony Davis. Austin Reeves taking off in the second half of the season. The trades that they made, these guys that fit. D'Angelo Russell, he fits. Rui Hashimura, good role player. Jared Vanderbilt, you get some kind of Dennis Rodman vibes off Jared Vanderbilt when he's in the game. And LeBron, he came back from this foot injury a little bit earlier than people thought he would, which gives him more of a runway to get back into a rhythm before the start of the playoffs. I mean, since the All-Star break, Dan, they have a top four defense in the league. And I just see too many signs mm. that suggest when they get to the playoffs, they're going to be dangerous there. So that's uh, Chris Mannix there talking about the Lakers being the most dangerous team out West. And I understand it. I understand the logic there because LeBron coming back, it comes down to Anthony Davis for me. If you said Anthony Davis is going to be healthy for the playoffs, then I go, okay, Lakers can be that team to beat. 
I don't know what's happening with Memphis. I think Sacramento is a wonderful story, but they're they're not a, a complete team. They don't play defense. You know, the Lakers have become a, a good defensive team. That's lost on people with Golden State when they were winning. They played great defense. And you have to have just a, a modicum. I mean, you have to have a little bit of defense in there if you're going to win. I'd prefer a little bit more than what some of these teams display. But if you're going to win... It's going to come down to, can you stop somebody or can somebody stop you? But I could see the Lakers coming out of the West just because I think the West is is flawed. I don't know what Denver's going to do in the postseason because it's about matchups. If you're going to face them, you know, seven times, is Joker going to win two or three of those on his own? You know, have great nights. Uh, Memphis, it still feels like that team is not mature enough to take a, a big step here. Golden State, can you put it all together? Uh, Phoenix, to me, is the dangerous team because Durant. And Durant with Booker, um, you know, that that's great. Chris Paul is the big question mark there. Obviously, Durant, he didn't look great last night, but, you know, he's coming back after the injury. Um, you know, the Clippers. Suns have the Clippers, to start out, don't they? Or at least that's what it looks like right now. As of right now, Clippers will play the Suns. That's going to be a... One of those, one of those teams is going to catch a lot of heat for bound out early. Yeah. Um, who else? Is, you know, Dallas. Dallas, not good. Not good at all. Right now, Warriors-Kings first-round matchup, Dan. That'd be a lot of points. That's going to be... There are probably going to be a couple of games where you'd have... 400. Both. both <laughs> <laughs> no, not 400. But, you, you know, you might have 380 or two, uh, 280, 140, 140. Yes, you, one. you had it right the first time. 380? <laughs> That'd be great. But, uh, yeah, who else am I missing out west? Denver's got the one seed, Grizzlies two seed, Sac Kings three, Phoenix four, then Clippers, Warriors, Timberwolves in the seven spot. The quiet Timberwolves. Yeah. Lakers, Pelicans, Thunder. Dallas just outside. Yeah. Yes, Marv. Timberwolves were more interesting with Pat Bev. They could win a play-in game. Let's throw a parade. But they're not interesting. I like Anthony Edwards, though. He's a stud. Yes, he is. On but, and off and on the screen, too. But they also think, why bring in Rudy Gobert? You know, why? Yes, Mark. First team All-NBA. Yes, I know. At center. But you gave up a lot to bring in Rudy Gobert. No, but that's, you know, that's Mannix and, and what he sees out, out West. And then in the East, um, you're buying into the Celtics again. They were really good. And then it's been really quiet. The Bucks feel like the team to beat Philadelphia. If everybody is playing, then, you know, that that's a great matchup as well. You buying into the Knicks. Who else are you looking at in the East and you go, oh, okay, I could see them being a sneaky, great team. It feels like it's top-heavy in the East. It feels like the West, that's where you have some possibilities. Yeah, Paul? You were talking about athletes, uh, NBA players with their position designation. What do you guys think of when you think of Kevin Durant for his position? Uh, Marv, you got him as a three. Oh, for sure. Small forward. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be the consensus. What? When he started in the league, he was officially a shooting guard his first year in the league. <laughs> then he, yes, his first year, according to the NBA designation basketball reference, he was listed as shooting guard. Well, they it, never call you a shooting forward. Right. They always call you a shooting guard. The, he was a small forward for the next seven years. Then he became a power forward with the Golden State Warriors officially in the NBA registry. Yeah. Then he went small forward, small forward, power forward, power forward, and then he, this season... But he, who, was, who was giving the designations? It, it has to come from the team to the league, yeah. right? The league, the, the team designates what position a person is. But also, you want to be an all-star, and you want to look at who else. Tim Duncan never wanted to be uh, listed as a center. He was a, a power forward his first 10 years. His yeah. last six, he was a, a center. Yeah. Kevin Durant, by the way, this year, he played 39 games for Brooklyn. He was a power forward. The past four that he's played for Phoenix, he's been a small forward. And not as powerful. Right. Yeah. Less powerful, more small. Yes. Yes, Todd. Now, is it cheating? Do they have to lock you in? I thought there was a time when they used to have like G slash F, even on basketball cards growing up. Even many yeah. years ago, you could be a guard slash forward. Yeah. You know, the NBA's got to clean this up. It should be the 15 best players are first, second, and third team. Michael Jordan never changed position. 
Yeah. I don't even know if that's true. Yeah. Now, he was listed... He was actually, a shooting guard the whole time. Okay, here it is. Michael Jordan was listed as a shooting guard for the Bulls his entire career. When he joined the, the, the Wizards, Wizards yeah. he was officially listed as a small forward. Oh, okay. Second best great small forward of all time, oh, Michael Jordan? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, Marv. Yeah, you couldn't take Rip Hamilton out of the starting shooting guard position. Oh. Come on, they had to win 38 games. What's LeBron? Baller. Has he been listed point guard before? You're going to love this. This is actually true. LeBron James was a shooting guard his first year in the NBA. He did seven seasons as small forward. Then, like Kevin Durant, when he joined Miami, he became a power forward for two years. Two of his four years in Miami. Went back to small forward. He was power forward. He was point guard his first two years with the Lakers. Yeah. Last year on the Lakers, he was listed at center. He was officially listed <laughs> in the program. And the NBA records as center. Now he's a power forward again. He's played five, four of the five positions. Wait, did he make all NBA as a center? Check that. LeBron James' career has played every position officially in the NBA. Point Jordan point. never did that. Never did that. <laughs> Jordan, indecisive. Oh, okay, okay, I'm sorry. The GOAT could only play one position? Really? Mm. Magic played center. NBA final. I can counter it. LeBron, indecisive. Pick a position and move on with it. Uh, no, team player, what do you want me to do? I'll I'm, do anything I'm, for the team. I'm a chameleon. Yeah. It's not about me, it's about us. Best player of all time. Yes. <laughs> Goat. Yeah. Let's start that argument. You know, we got 20 more minutes left in the show. That's always a great one. <laughs> yes, Mark. We were having a good day. Yeah, we. it's opening day. <laughs> I got a list for you right here also, DP. Okay. No, I don't. Sorry. Oh, yeah, was, we was, don't want that. I was about to start some. We do not want that. Uh, a couple of phone calls here. Caitlin in Pennsylvania. Hi, Caitlin. What's on your mind today? First time, long time. Five three one thirty. Um, I just wanted to say thank you. Tomorrow is my last day of maternity leave. Um, after going into labor at Game Four of the Phillies NLCS game, um, my husband watches you guys every day, and I've really enjoyed getting to watch you with him and my son over the last five months. Um, really love your show, and you guys are fabulous. Well, Caitlin, could you have another baby and stay with the show? Absolutely, absolutely. Sounds good. I will. Okay. <laughs> you can start well, right uh, now. I'm... Right now, Caitlin. <laughs> start right now. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to uh, integrate your show into my lesson plans for school. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, what grade do you uh, do you teach, Caitlin? Uh, mostly tenth and eleventh chemistry. Ooh, I would not be a good student. Well, this show is nothing but yes. chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Caitlin, thank you. It's uh, it's an honor to serve you every day, and uh, good luck with the students. Thank you so much. Have a good one. All right. Yeah, they don't teach chemistry this kind of chemistry. You can't teach this. You can't? Not. Yeah, Paulie. How about you use sports analogies to explain to the kids the danger of bad mixes in the chemistry room? Like the Brooklyn Nets, when you put too many superstars. Periodic tables of teams that are good and yeah. not. Yes. Or players, and then you try to mix them together. What do you think, Todd? How are Mookie best qualities qualities like cupric sulfate, something like that? Nice. <laughs> what, that mean? That. what? I don't know. There was something sulfate. Like CUSO4, I believe. But you put four highly contam uh, you know, inflammatory things together, and a bad thing happens. The Brooklyn Nets. And then all the kids buy in. Did you guys ever have any fire, like uh, experiments in chemistry? Like, you know, you can't have a Bunsen burner anymore, can you, in school? Oh, really? I don't know. It seemed like a bad idea to begin with, but I remember when we're dissecting a frog and, <laughs> you know, like that biology, and it's like, you know, hey, Look at this frog. He'd be under glass. He'd be jumping. <laughs> it's like when you go into a restaurant and the lobster's right there looking at you, like going, don't even think about like, it. You could be in Maine and be like, I'll take that one, <laughs> I guess. Uh... <laughs> yes, Paulie. I remember in seventh grade, there was a shop class where you had to build a bench. And in our shop class, the guy actually had one of those big table saws that you go, yeah. and you put hold two sides of the board. Yeah. And he'd be like, all right, you guys, I'm going to show you how to do it the first time, but then it's on you. And we were like, he had like seventh graders using a table saw. I always wanted to take shop class because those guys seem like the coolest guys. A lot of mullets. A lot of mullets. But it, it, a lot of flannel, smoking heaters, 
and they were just bad dudes, man. And I shop and uh, auto mechanics, I think it was called. And my mom wouldn't let me take those classes. And I said, those are things that could help me the rest of my life. She goes, they're not going to help you get in college. I said, this jumper is going to get me in college, mom. I need, I need to learn how to change oil or, you know, build a bench. Did you guys take shop or? Uh... Yeah, I took shop seventh grade. Learned a lot, a lot of woodworking type stuff. Yeah, I would have done that. What about, did you guys have auto mechanics? No. Where you got to work on cars? These guys got to work on their cars and got credit for it. Yes, Todd. I took metal shop and wood shop, and those did not go well, I'm sure. You're shocked, shocked to know that that did not go well. I, uh, I... <laughs> Anything with building and things with your hands and electric and drilling and... I could see you sporting wood. It was bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Seaton. Yeah, I went to a small high school, so they didn't have a lot of classes like that. Yeah. But they did have this one that was, like, broken up by semester, and you would do half was, like, a home ec course... And then the next one, so you'd like learn how to balance a checkbook or something. And then the next one was uh, something more like a wood shop kind of thing or yeah. something. But my high school didn't have a lot of that stuff. I wish I would have done that. Like typing, that was oh yeah, that was a big one too. Yeah, that was a big yeah, one. Yeah, typing class. Yeah, Paul. I remember junior year though signing up for home ec, and there's a bunch of senior girls in there. I was about as good as it got <laughs> in high school. See, I never, I, I, I didn't read the room. I should have got into. Uh, the plays, oh yeah, school plays, and and choir, chorus. I should have done that. Chorus is the best. If you're not going to be a male cheerleader, chorus is the way to go. If you want to just be hanging out with girls the whole day, that's what you do. Thank you, Todd. You're welcome. Okay. A couple of my college friends were cheerleaders for the men's basketball and football team, and they had a good time. Yeah, I bet. They had a good yeah. time. Yeah. They were doing backflips for other reasons than behind, besides what was happening on the court. Yes. Yes. He. There was a dude who lived on my floor at, at West Virginia. Uh, it's named Arnold Hall. And this dude was like a yell leader or whatever. And it was just a parade of the most beautiful people I had ever seen. Okay. Well, even dudes coming down that were like Abercrombie models or something or like. But every the women going back, it was unreal. Every guy looked like Brady Quinn. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, like just shredded. <laughs> I hate those people. And we'd be like, dude, you, you shave your legs or whatever? He's like, yeah, I do. So others yeah. shave my yeah. legs. Yeah. How about that? Have, have fun at the dungeon for a $10 draft night. I'm going to be over here. Yeah. Okey With the cheerleaders. <laughs> oh, you All do right. well. How about we take a break? We're over it, right? We've moved on. Yeah, we just, it all worked out. Yeah, it did. Look at us. We're we're but, part of an award-nominated program. Yeah, yeah. Would you trade an Emmy nomination for a cheerleader? No. <laughs> you may be on an island there. No, 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 no. no. Emmy nomination. I'll take that M all the day. All day. Yeah. A win? No, he's just saying a nomination. Yeah, I'll take the nomination. Oh. Yeah, I'll take the nom. Yeah. <laughs> Cheerleader? Yeah. If I was 19, that would have been different. Yeah, well, I wouldn't have understood the uh, sports Emmy. Yeah. Be like, uh, is that her name? Sports Emmy? I'll take her. What about two cheerleaders? <laughs> Get up the ante a little bit. Let's make it interesting. Okay. So, two cheerleaders or a sports a sports Emmy win? Wow. Okay. All right. You got to go sports Emmy win. No, I'm going the two cheerleaders. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Leaving you guys behind. Yeah. Look, I got these sports Emmys here. They didn't do anything for me <laughs> or to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. How about we take a break? Last call for phone calls. By the way, I will be taping the Dan Patrick Takes a Gamble podcast. Bad Larry, Shea and Irving, Dylan, the graphics guy. That'll be available on the website, danpatrick.com, a little bit later on today. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray, depression, anxiety so now i'm coming out with a new podcast unbreakable a mental health podcast with jay glazer where each week while we talk about mental health i hope to describe it give it words 
Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow. How about this day in movie history, this day in sports history? Paulie, this day in movie history first. Oh, is this Todd? Well, the number one song in 1984 was Kenny Loggins' Footloose, and mm. that's why we just heard that. Oh, okay. Well, thank you, Todd. You're welcome. Uh, this day in sports history, Paulie. It's a great movie, Footloose, right? Uh, is it? Mm. Impactful? Impactful. Legendary? Hmm. It was very big at the time. Yes, it was. Uh, Kevin Bacon. Laurie Singer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chris the Penn. The late Chris Penn. Oh, he's yeah. love Chris yeah. Penn. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker was in it. Hmm. And uh, who was the dad? John Lithgow. John Lithgow. Great actor. Mm. Can't have dancing <laughs> in this town. I know. It was it was dancing against the church, and some somebody was going to lose. <laughs> I wonder how they got that one made. Like when they're getting ready to make. I that. don't know. Kevin Bacon was not famous. 
Well, he had done Animal House, though, before that. Is yeah, that right? That and Diner, I think. And Diner, yeah. Diner's a sneaky great movie. Oh. It, it just the dialogue in it. You had great actors in it. The fact that, you know, you, uh, Steve Gutenberg's <laughs> fiance has to pass a, a quiz, a test on the Baltimore Colts. The, uh, the colors for the wedding are Baltimore Colts colors. And then uh, he, he, I think he called the marriage off because she didn't answer <laughs> enough questions correctly. <laughs> yes, yeah, I just hear that and it makes my it makes me feel weird. I'm like, oh god, like tingly, like you want to dance? Uh, no, the exact opposite of that. Oh. I like my stomach starts to hurt. I'm oh. like, oh god, people are gonna start dancing right now. Marvin mm. yeah. is dancing over there. Yeah, but. Not well, and that's on purpose, because that's what I think of. It's just the people dancing. Nah, there we go. That's my song. Yeah, it's no. not all dancing that, that's bad, but it's, some is just not it. Remember <laughs> that movie is not it. We had Kevin Bacon on years ago, and you 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 asked him something like, "Do you ever regret Footloose?" And he goes, I, "He goes, Footloose made my career. The reason I'm sitting here is because of Footloose." That said, whenever I go to a wedding, oh, I regret. Footloose. He has to dance. Or they go, come on, Kevin. And then he's got to get the microphone and go, let's dance. And everybody goes out there on the dance floor. It's like I was, I was talking to Darius Rucker about this. I said, dude, what happens when you go to a reception? He goes, oh, God. He goes, I know that I got to sing something. That's like what he sees when he gets a wedding invitation. Yeah. He goes, oh. <laughs> like, like, why am I being invited? You Because know? I would do that. I I would randomly invite him. I'd be like, uh, hey, my daughter's getting married. Do you want to come? And be like, come on, Darius, get up here. Yeah. <laughs> Something in the way. <laughs> oh, <Mama> Rockman. <laughs> I, I'd make him do wagon wheel. Or, you know what? It's a wedding and you do hold my hand. How about that? No marks. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's see. This day in sports history, Paulie. All right, let's see. 1946, mm-hmm. Maurice the Rocket Richard scored the first of his three overtime goals in the Stanley Cup Finals that year. Wow, that's, that's huge. Mm. George Gervin in 1980 with the Spurs became the fifth NBA player to win at least three consecutive scoring titles. Mm. In 04, the NFL owners approved a modified version of instant replay for five years. They added a third coach's challenge if the first two were successful. Uh, let's see. The youngest male swimmer to set a world record. Happened on this day in 2001. Youngest male swimmer. 15 years of age. Marv? Michael Phelps. Yes. How about, hey, on this date in 1993, this guy hit a ninth inning home run to give his team a win. Charlie Brown? Charlie Brown. Full oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Little> circle. <laughs> I thought you were setting me up. No, no, no. It was Charlie Brown. After 40 years of swinging and missing, Charles Schultz finally let Charlie Brown hit a home run in the ninth inning and the Peanuts comic strip. Yes, Tom. And what was the sound the fans made when they cheered? (laughs) By the way, on this date, 1992, Cubs acquire Sammy Sosa and Ken Patterson from the White Sox for George Bell. Worked out pretty well. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Maybe not for George Bell, but uh, Cubs had a couple of moves that, you know, you know, at the time were really big for the organization. When they uh, got uh, Rick uh, Sutcliffe uh, Sut from the Indians, but then did Joe Carter go to the Indians? Does that sound right? Oh, maybe. I think they got Sandberg from Philadelphia. Yes, that was the Yvonne Jesus. Yeah. They trade. also had the year, though, when Greg Maddox won the Cy Young and was like 25. And they said, no, we're not going to give him five years, $40 million. We'll let him go to the Braves. I know. Three more Cy Young. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't bother You're me. You're over it. Completely <laughs> over it. You're over it. Why would you want to invest in Greg Maddox at 26? Yeah. But at the time, he was throwing hard. Ugh. Like, he threw hard. Then he became more of a finesse pitcher. You're over it. You're over it. Uh, final results of the poll question. Oh, man. You know what? Not a lot of people think uh, Shohei's going to the Padres. I could tell you that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Shohei Otani will finish the season with uh, the Angels, Dodgers, Padres, other. Right now, Angels have 48%, followed by other 29%. I feel like that's wishful thinking. All right. Dame Lillard will join us on the program. And uh, the great Bryant Gumble from Real Sports is going to stop by as well. 
I don't know if we've had Bryant Gumble on. I don't think so. If it was, it's been a long time. Yeah. And finally, one postscript. I know. <laughs> this might be the postscript interview. Should I ask him what he writes down on his tablet at the end of this show? Because it, I, you know, I'd watch local news, and at the end of the uh, the show, you'd always see the anchor like write something down because you're on camera. And what are you going to do on camera? You got to do something. So you write down something like, "What did you write down?" Uh, show's over. Another one in the book. Yeah. Another paycheck. Ka-ching. Yes, Paul. If I remember after at the end of Sports Center when they're going to the end of it, you were kind of a paper shuffler. You yes, kind I, of pat yeah. them up yeah. and put them together. Yeah, that's what you were taught. Yeah. A solid move. Yeah. The paper shuffle? Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Two taps on the... On the... Yeah, be like, boop, boop. Be like, yep, you're done. Like I, I put in a full day's work, and here it is right here. I got it right there. All good. Yeah, see this? I wrote this. Yeah, I did. <laughs> now let's go to the Hall of Fame bar and get some beers. The Hall of Shame, we'd call it. We'd go in there, last call. Uh, I used to, there was that bar down the street from... Uh, bleachers? Yeah, maybe. It might have been Bleachers, yeah. I think. And there were a lot of times that we would run right out. I was working at night then, and we would run right out just to grab a couple of beers. And it was the best place because you. I used to have a picture of somebody sitting at the bar smoking right in front of the huge no smoking sign because you couldn't smoke at bars anymore, but you could at that place. Uh, what we learned brought to you by Panini, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show, for instance, classics, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, and more. Start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. Got to meet Friday. Coming up tomorrow, Damian Lillard. Great Bryant Gumble will join us. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.